0: Have you ever told a little white lie? Lies can hold you captive no matter what size they are, but Christ will help your faith become bigger than your fear of telling the truth. Hey everyone, it's Karen G. from the Tower Hill Communications team. Welcome to our weekly podcast. You can always find us on our website, but we hope you'll take a chance this week to also subscribe to our Facebook page and our new YouTube channel. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take another big step in your faith journey. This week, we're listening to the final episode in our Faith Over Fear sermon series. So let's kick it off to Pastor Jason Tucker right now.
1: Well, we are jumping now into the last installment of our sermon series, Faith Over Fear. We've been talking over the last few weeks about the importance of living our faith over fear, but exactly how to do that. It's not maybe intuitive, or sometimes we think, and maybe we hear it, I think, accidentally from the church, is, well, faith means I don't have any fear. I don't think that's true. I don't think that is the human experience at all. I just think you have to have a little more faith then you do fear in order to move forward. Because fear not only drives us in so many things that we do, think about it, think about how much fear drives your actions and behaviors. Well, the thing is, it can do that in your relationship with God in a real negative way. Fear can stop you from trusting in God. It can freeze you in your tracks. And so last week we talked a bit about how fear makes us run away from Whether it's our relationship with God, our circumstance, or our relationship with one another, fear makes us run away from, which is not the default position of faith. That is not where God wants us. Instead, love calls us to run towards. This is true, again, in our love of God and our love of one another. Love calls us to run towards. Even if it's difficult, and maybe even especially if it's difficult, that's what love causes us to do. And today, in our last installment here, we're talking a bit about how fear can make you abandon the truth. This is a big one. And this starts for us when we're little kids. Like when we get in trouble when we're little kids. And uh, maybe, you know, hey, we broke mom's vase, or uh, we broke a window with a baseball, or the cat got injured. Again, these are all hypothetical. But it happens when we're kids, and if you have somebody with you, they become an accomplice. You know, okay, we gotta get our story straight. Why? Because we can't tell the truth, or we're gonna get in a ton of trouble. So we gotta figure out what's our answer gonna be. Yeah, no, I didn't shoot my eye out with the BB gun. An icicle fell from the shed and it landed on my eye and broke my glasses. So we come up with this skill very, very early. We learn very early on that wild lies don't work as good as realistic lies. We get better and better. I'd like to say we grow out of it, just our lives get more complex and sophisticated. Like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We all learned a lot from Ferris. We all learned that you have to lick the palms in order to make them appear sweaty so you can get out of school. And we laugh at this movie, and we were watching it recently with our kids, and it felt like the whole movie is like a cautionary tale, and we're telling them, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, jokingly, but seriously, don't do that. Uh, as we're celebrating all this get-out-of-school behavior. And again, I'd like to say we grew out of it, but how many of you ever called out sick from work when you're not really sick? Yeah, I know, you're all sinners. No, seriously, it's, this is a skill that we just develop over and over. And we think, well, it's not hurting anybody. I just don't want to tell the truth. Because if I start telling the truth, then I might get into trouble. I might have something happen that I don't want to happen. And so our lies get more complicated And they become really burdensome. They can get so complicated that we can't remember to get our story straight. And it's like we are enslaved by these lies that we tell to one another or even the lies that we tell to ourselves. You ever wonder, why do we lie? Well, it's fear of a painful outcome. We think that the pain of telling the truth is more Whatever the pain is of hiding it with a lie. You know, our brains are so developed in this way. This is a deep, deep instinct that we have to avoid pain and increase pleasure. And a a lot of the time, it'll be to our own detriment that we follow this. But this is like deep, deep stuff, way, way deeper than our conscious selves. So we try to avoid that pain, and we think that telling the lie is gonna do that. Even though what we usually discover is when the truth comes out, as it almost always does, it's a lot more painful to have the lie come and to cover the truth and then to tell the truth. Now, when, it's, when the stakes are low, right, when there's not much at stake, it seems harmless. It might even seem kind to tell a lie. So how's this shirt look on me? Looks great. Right? Uh, We want to be nice. We don't want to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to put people down. Hey, you guys, you want to come over for dinner tomorrow night? (coughs) I'm sorry. We're super, like, we're not feeling good. And then when you're out having fun, you hope that they don't see you. That, I would never do that. I'm just saying, people do that. So we think it's harmless or even kind because we want to let people down easy. We want to get out of awkward social circumstances. But the problem is, lying is a lot more insidious than it might seem. You see, we get so good at it that we start doing it even when the stakes are high. And the stakes are highest usually in a committed relationship like marriage. It's a lot different when I tell a lie about how I think somebody's shirt looks than I tell a lie to my wife. Then you start getting a whole different response, don't you? The higher the stakes, the deeper the pain of a lie. You get questions like, how could you? How could you? This isn't how loving people work together. How could you do that? It's a betrayal. It's a denial of the trust between us. Because isn't that the truth? That lying is really the enemy of trust. And we start to see a glimpse of why this matters so much to God. Why truth matters so much to God. God is in the truth business. But that's the thing. Fear can make you abandon the truth. God is all about revealing truth. In fact, you can make the argument that Jesus Christ is truth itself. Truth made flesh. That abandoning the truth means abandoning Jesus. If you look at any scripture that talks about truth, like 1 Corinthians... Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So what does this look like in our everyday lives? We actually get a really wonderful and painful biblical example of this in one of the stories that shows one of the worst lies that we can tell, and that's a lie that denies Jesus. And it was from a person that we didn't see coming, somebody who was closest to him, while he was going about his life in ministry, and that's Peter. The story is probably very familiar to you, but let's read it again together. This is Mark chapter 14. This is after Jesus had been arrested and persecuted and tortured. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with that Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and he went out to the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them for you are a Galilean. He began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. And we are meant to feel the pain of this story. And we might even be tempted to get angry at Peter because of it. I mean, Peter, this is the same Jesus that when you were fishing by the Sea of Galilee... He called you, and he bid you to come. Love called you to come towards, not to run away from. And you did. You even saw Jesus walk on water, and then you yourself were led out onto the waves. You experienced the miracle in your own body as you're walking onto him. The feeding of the 5,000. You passed out the fish And the loaves that kept miraculously multiplying. You saw all of this firsthand. And even at the last supper, as Jesus is washing your feet, you're telling him, I will never betray you. I will never deny you. It is an impossibility, Jesus. I am all in with you. But he denied it. He denied it all. In that moment, his fear took over. And he abandoned the truth. Couldn't get his story straight. Now, I think about my own life, and I think, well, wait a minute. This same Jesus who called me when I was 19 years old, miraculously, a kid who didn't grow up in church, a kid who was deeply hurting and searching, and God rescued me. He rescued me spiritually first, but also emotionally and physically. He rescued me. When there was no possible way in my life, so many times he made a way. When sin caused me to break down, he'd pull me out of it and set my feet on the path it was supposed to be on. And over and over again, every time I live by lies instead of truth, I deny Jesus himself. I abandon him. The truth is, he denied it, but we deny it every day. We deny it through the lies. It's not just telling lies. I think it's living by lies. What do I mean? Jesus has a very particular call upon your life. There's the big call that we all have, and that is follow me, and then there's the other call, follow me in this particular way that I've created you to follow. And we might say things like, well, now's not a great time. Maybe let me get through this season, and then I will. I think that's a version of living a lie. That's not living in the truth. That's abandoning the truth. That's putting on hold the very plan God has for your life when he wants you to have it now. And again, that's all because of fear. Fear of what we're going to lose if we do that. Fear of the unknown that's ahead of us. Even if we're miserable, it's like, At least I know the misery I'm experiencing. I don't know if I'm going to go to some other level of misery later. We deny it. And that's what fear does. Fear can make you abandon the truth. But really, that's abandoning Jesus. If Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, abandoning the truth is the same thing as abandoning Jesus. I think, you know, it makes me ask this question. What lies are keeping you captive. What lies can you not shake? It could be a lie. It could be lies with relationships, of course. It could be a lie of just deciding you're not going to follow what Jesus has for you right now. Either way, it's holding you captive, isn't it? Even the best lie that works and has worked for a long time requires a certain amount of spiritual energy that is like a drain to your joy. It's draining out what God is putting in. It's holding us captive. What lies are keeping you captive today? I believe God wants to break those down and break them down in a big way. And I want to challenge you, why not now? Why not today? Why does this have to wait? Well, you know, let me make a plan in my monthly planner. I'll get to it July 24th, and then I'll get myself psyched. I mean, I don't know. I I think the best thing to do is, is to face it. Why? Because if you don't face it, God can't fix it. What lies do we have to face and confront so that the truth can set us free? Ephesians puts it this way, instead of living in this lie, we have to what? Speak the truth in love, and then we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And again, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You know, instead of living a life where we got to get our story straight because of the lie, I think something else happens. The truth will straighten your story. This is the thing. No matter how bad we've gone astray, no matter how many times we've lied, no matter how captive we are, it's like we've been set free from the jail cell. We keep walking back in because that we're living by these lies. And Jesus, every time he forgives us, he is so rich in mercy and grace You don't have to beat yourself up. You've already done that by living in the lie. Allow yourself to be set free all over again. The truth will straighten our story, and it will be beautiful. And this is exactly what happens in Peter's case. Jesus, after he has risen and appeared to the disciples, comes to Peter specifically. You might remember this story, and he gives him three chances to make good on the denial. He says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Peter says yes. He asks again, Do you love me? Yes. Third time, Do you love me? Feed my sheep. And we can see it's three times for the three times that he denied him. Three chances for him to reconcile to the truth. And that's what happens. Every time we reconcile to the truth, the truth straightens our story. So as we close this series together, let's kind of sum up where we're at. How do you live faith over fear? Well, remember that if your fear is over your faith, you're going to be frozen. And the symptoms of having this happen are, is you start with an undersized Jesus. What do I mean? Any version of Jesus you put your faith in that's less than the Son of God, the one who lived, died, and rose again, that if you put your faith in him, you will be forgiven. Anything less than that is not going to be big enough for the weight of your life. You're not going to be able to put your faith in a lesser version of Jesus. It just won't hold. Because that version of Jesus can't drive out our fear. That version of Jesus is going to cause us to run away from. That version of Jesus is going to cause us to abandon the truth. But what about living faith over fear? Well, you got to start with a right-sized Jesus. And when that happens, he will drive out fear. And that enables us to go towards, as love calls us, and to speak the truth in love. This is is the great big secret to how to live your faith over fear. And if you do, you can follow Jesus through any storm. Amen.